0: Welcome to episode 65 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Sorry about the vampiric or uh, vampiric? Vampiric? Yeah. Whatever. Sorry for the Count Dracula accent back there. And welcome back to atrocious August and another horror-themed episode. This episode is a trivia contest between three of the finest minds in all of horror fandom. Yes, Davy Quinn... Art Ettinger and Christina Zamora, Davey. Now, Davey is kind of a regular guest on the Bobcast. Sort of, kind of. I think this is his third speaking appearance in a Bobcast episode. You do hear a lot of stories about Davey in my History of Tilt Wheel series. It has been a while since I've done a Tilt Wheel episode. I think I'm going to catch up in September. Eh, let's, Let's talk about this episode right now. If you don't know him, Davey is the singer and guitar player person in Tilt Wheel and has been since 1992, which means I've known Davy for close to 30 years, as well as being in Tilt Wheel with him. Long story short, ever since I met Davey back in 1992, I knew that he loved horror stuff. It, it's pretty obvious when you're sleeping in the dude's room on the floor and you look up and they're like Freddy and Jason dolls staring at you on the shelves up on his walls. Yeah, this is way back. This is going way back. And that was in that haunted-as-shit house that he detailed in the Ghost Stories episode, the last Bobcast episode. That was episode 64, by the way, which you should listen to if you get a chance. There are some great stories. But, yeah, he had a this crazy room in the bottom of this giant fucking haunted house, and he had all these horror movie toys all over the room. No wonder the place was haunted. Goddamn. That being said, Davey is, and I consider this a very true thing, an authority on horror movies and stuff like that. He's a walking encyclopedia of horror, as far as I'm concerned. Then you have Art Ettinger. Art is an attorney. He's a public defender, to be specific. He's a Razorcake contributor, and he's also the editor of a magazine called Ultraviolent, and that's a horror and exploitation film magazine. Art does a lot more than that. He's a contributing writer for a couple of horror websites, he's a podcast co host, he's a very prolific person and very much a horror movie expert. Art was referred to me by my pal Miski, who you may know from City Mouse, by the way. Miski was part of another trivia challenge, the last one that I had, and I kind of told everybody in that little Zoom call for this trivia thing, I was looking for some people to take part in a horror movie trivia challenge that I was putting together, and Davy was going to be one of the participants. Knowing how strong Davy is in the horror department, I really wanted to challenge him. Oh, so bad. We'll we'll see what happens later on in this episode with that, won't we? So Miski said, hey, talk to this guy, Art. He knows a ton about horror. I'm so glad she did. Art and I became friends on Facebook. We started talking a little bit. I'm super stoked that Art signed on for this challenge. Art's rad. I will have links on the Bobcast website to some of Art's various ventures and things that he does. You should check it out. Christina Zamora, the final member of this trio of terror that we're talking about here, was also a referral as being somewhat of a horror expert. And very, a very good referral, by the way. So great. Okay. I have actually known Christina for around 10 years or so. She used to do a lot of show promoting stuff in Southern California. And also, she's one of the organizers of Awesome Fest. And that Awesome Fest was a super, super rad Long weekend of bands and beer and fun and San Diego, just a crazy huge festival thing. Christina was one of the people that would put that on. That's how I met her. So there are the challengers for this horror trivia episode. What about the subjects? Let's talk about the kind of questions we're going to be asking in this challenge. Let it be said, too, horror is a huge, huge kind of umbrella of a subject, I mean, you have slasher movies, you have ghost stories, paranormal stuff, vampire movies, monster movies, the list kind of goes on and on. The subjects we're going to talk about in this trivia challenge are this. Round one is all zombie movie-related questions. Brains. 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 Zombies would be fucking shit out of luck at a trump rally wouldn't they break up never mind we'll go to that montessori school down the street you guys obviously don't have anything we can eat yet later round two in the trivia challenge is all satanic themed movies yeah shout it thanks vince uh shout at the devil indeed so zombies yeah great round one satan oh boy Uh, not today satan Uh, that kind of shit uh, what could go wrong? Yep, yeah, what could go wrong? The final, final round is one question in this trivia challenge, and that question is about Hammer Films. You know, that's the British film studio that brought the world Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing sort of brought them to fame in a lot of ways in so many delightfully fiendish films. Hammer horror stuff is awesome. From day one, I fucking love Hammer shit up through the 70s into the 80s. They were gone for a long time, but guess what? Hammer Horror is back. And the two movies that I know of from Hammer Horror are fucking great, great movies. One is a little bit better than the other, I think, but here, let's talk about them for a sec. Woman in Black. That was with Daniel Ratcliffe, or Harry Potter, right? And then also a movie called The Lodge. Those are two of the latest Hammer Films productions, and they are both fucking great movies. Woman in Black... All around spooky, creepy. It truly has the best ending of any ghost type of movie I've ever seen. It's like, oh, shit. Really? Oh, bummer. And then, oh, oh, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, okay. I'll take that. I'll take, yeah, yeah. I, I like the ending. It's really good. The Lodge. Oh, my God. That movie is fucking great. Really a great movie from the beginning to the very end of the movie The Lodge. It's kind of rough. It is kind of a rough movie in the sense there's a lot of tension going on and a lot of like kind of fucked up stuff. It, psychological mostly. God damn, it's a fucking great movie. I'm not going to say anything about the plot other than this. There's kind of there's a religious cult tied into this with that committed a mass suicide. There's a lot of manipulating of people and fucked up ways going on. There's also being stuck out in the middle of nowhere in, a, in kind of a cabin in the woods. So, cabin in the woods, also probably the greatest horror movie of all time. That's my opinion, by the way. The Lodge, though. If you like horror movies and you like psychological thriller type of movies, that is your movie. Watch it if you can. It's really great. Hammer Films, I'm stoked. They're, they're back better than ever, doing really great stuff these days, which is super rad. I'm very glad to have them back. The music of this episode, oh my. The music for this episode is themed to the episode. Very appropriate for rounds one and rounds two. The first round is about zombies, like I said, right? The first two songs you're going to hear in this episode are from the soundtrack to the movie The Return of the Living Dead. That 1985 punk rock and zombie classic. Yes, the first song I'm going to play is Party Time by the band 45 Grave. Then, a little bit later, is the song Surf and Dead, which was originally done by the Cramps, but for this episode, the song is performed by a band called Teenage Werewolves, and it is a fucking perfect, perfect cover of the Cramps' song Surf and Dead. Might even be better than the original song. I kind of think so. The song's coming up around round two, which is the, the satanic-themed questions, Right? The first one's going to be Dance With Me by T.S.O.L. Uh, The Devil Controls Our Souls is one of the lyrics in that song, right? Okay. The last song of the episode is by Bridge City Sinners, and that song is called Satan's Song. Very direct and to the point, I would say. Definitely. Yes, definitely. Pretty self-explanatory. So, yeah, on a Bobcast scale of one to holy shit for the music in this episode— I, I think this episode is actually a holy fucking shit. Yeah, this is a I, yeah, this is good shit. Also, during this episode, we will be hearing a few words from this episode's main sponsor, Rage and Records of Fresno, California, who provided the prize for the winner of the trivia contest. What prize do you get if you win the trivia thing? Well, stay tuned, and you'll hear because I do announce it at the beginning of the trivia challenge. We're also going to hear in this episode from the very good people of Sticker Junkie. And that's coming up in a tiny bit. The beer of the episode. Oh, yes. What's that like to live deliciously? Oh, I I would like to live deliciously. And with this beer, I absolutely will be living deliciously as soon as I take a drink from it. This beer was provided to me by my pals at Plan 9 Alehouse. It is called the Pucks and Pints Salty Sour IPA. And that is a 4.9 alcohol by volume beer this beer is very special it's a collaboration between plan 9 stone liberty station société brewing Roulé brewing and thorn street brewery Aaron from plan 9 a house told me this beer is kind of a hard one to pigeonhole it's not really an ipa there's kind of a lot going on with it well let's give it a try and see what it tastes like oh yeah 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 Hmm. yeah i am living deliciously right now that is a fucking great beer not too IPA-ish. Maybe a little bit. I think they called it that because they kind of didn't know what else to call it. A little bit of fruity, fruity things going on with because of the hops. It's supposed to be kind of a sour, but it's really not sour. It's not overly sour at all. It's good. You should try it. I think you should definitely try it. Thank you, Plan 9. As always, you do deliver. And in fact, Plan 9 does deliver food and beer and all kinds of stuff. Plan 9 is open for takeout and delivery. Cans of beer, cold brew coffee, delicious food, and more. Wednesday through Saturday, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Go to www.plan9alehouse.com for the menu. Order away. Do it. This beer's fucking great. What's that like to live deliciously? Oh, yeah. And I'm gonna. That's Yeah, I'm definitely living deliciously. Okay, so we've got some horror movie trivia coming your way and some really incredible music coming your way right after a few words from our friends at Sticker Junkie. Stay tuned. sticker junkie offers the highest quality stickers to be had in the world of custom-made stickers made in the usa in the san diego california area Sticker Junkie can take any design you have in mind and transform that idea into a high-quality, durable, and weather-resistant sticker that has an outdoor life of seven-plus years. Go to www.stickerjunkie.com, that's S-T-I-C-K-E-R-J-U-N-K-I-E.com, and check out the website. Want to make some stickers for your project? Whether it's a band, business, sports team, school, church group, whatever it is, Sticker Junkie can help. On the Sticker Junkie website, you can upload your artwork directly to begin the sticker making process or, if you need some help, check out the Sticker Generator, which has hundreds of fonts, graphics, and colors to help bring that sticker design to life. Still stumped on a sticker design? The StickerJunkie.com website has a whole section devoted to sticker ideas where you can find inspiration for that sticker project you have in mind. No matter what the situation, when it comes to making stickers, Sticker Junkie is there to help you any way that they can. Remember, go to www.stickerjunkie.com or you can reach them by phone at 619-328-6275 and get stickering. to the I Want to Party with Bob Horror Movie Trivia Challenge. We're going to cover two genres of horror movies in this challenge, zombie movies and satanic-themed movies. Here's how the challenge works. There are 10 questions about zombie movies in round one. Those questions are worth five points each. Round two are 10 questions about satanic-themed horror movies. Those questions are worth 10 points each. Round three of the challenge is the final round. One question worth 20 points. And that final question is going to be related to Hammer Horror Films in some way. When you know the answer to the question, simply buzz in and answer the question. Here are your buzzer assignments. Art, this is yours. Brains. <laughs> this all right. Davey, this is your buzzer. A little venom there for you. Welcome to hell, bro. Christina, this is yours. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Indeed, from the Vivich, uh, the winner of the challenge wins a reaction venom black metal action figure from the sponsor of this episode, Rage and Records of Fresno, California. We'll be hearing more about Rage and Records a little later in the episode, by the way here we go. Let's start the challenge off with some zombie and living dead themed movie questions for round one. Question number one, this grand pappy of all modern zombie films was released in 1968 and was criticized heavily on its initial release for excessive gore. Nowadays, there's more gore in your average PBS kids cartoon versus this movie. Despite the initial reviews, the film went on to critical acclaim, and was even selected by the Library of Congress in 1999 for preservation in the National Film Registry as a film deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. The movie was filmed in western Pennsylvania, home of art, on a budget of $114,000, went on to gross over $30 million worldwide. Name this filmatic forefather of the shambling dead phenomena, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead, it is art. Question number two. All aboard the train to Busan. This 2016 South Korean dead people on a train movie has been called Snowpiercer with zombies. I don't quite feel that does the film justice. Multiple choice questions and a spoiler alert. If you've never seen the movie, tell me which two characters... Survived this train ride from hell and made it to possible safety at the end of the movie. Is it A, the father, Sok Wu, and his daughter, Swan? Is it B, Swan and Seong Keong, the pregnant wife of sang Or is it sang the tough guy, and his wife, Seong Kiong? I like to live deliciously.
1: Like, I know it's the girl and the little girl. Is that B? Then B,
0: then B. Christina, you are right. It is B. Yep. Question number three: the 1978 follow-up to Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead showed us even more clearly that shopping malls can be hell on earth. Tell me what tagline was used on the film's theatrical release poster. To explain why the dead were walking around eating people and doing zombie stuff. When there's no room left in hell, the dead shall walk the earth. There you go, yes. Question number four. This 2016 film was based on a book written by M.R. Carey and is all about, you guessed it, zombie like humans roaming around trying to eat regular humans. The main character of this film is a little girl who is a second generation and hybrid hungry, as the zombie like humans are called, and seems totally normal until presented with tasty living human flesh. That's when shit gets real. A fungal infection caused this zombie-like plague in humans in the movie and book, and it is worth noting a similar fungus actually does exist and affects ants, some ants, in the real world. Cordyceps is the name of this fungus. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that fungus as 2020 moves on with as big of a fucking shit show this year is. Name this film and or book for me, please. The Girl with All the Gifts.
1: Okay. Oh, yes, it was. It was like a Netflix movie, yep. too. Yeah. Okay, yes. There was like a whole yeah. Soldiers of Children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. The book okay. was great, and
0: the movie was pretty okay. good, too. The movie was not bad. Question number five. Punkers partying in the graveyard. 1985's Return of the Living Dead explains how the zombies in Night of the Living Dead were reanimated. The chemical 245-trioxin. We also learn in this movie why zombies crave brains. Eating brains apparently lessens the pain of flesh decaying. The question here is, once the reanimated dead got out of control in this movie, how did the U.S. military decide to handle the situation?
2: Well, they froze them in advance. Mm. No. Wouldst thou like to live
1: deliciously? Didn't they blow it up? They nuked it?
0: I'll take. They I'll, they blew it. I'll it up. take. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, yes. Okay. They blew it up. Okay. They nuked. They nuked it.
1: And then all the smoke goes into the air at the very end, and the song plays again, and it's like. Uh,
0: and the rain, because they nuked and it. The
1: rain, it, and but spray, Yeah,
0: but okay. yep. yep.
1: It's
0: Question number six. Oh, Davy you this i wrote this one just for you by the way the film zombie 2 was a 1979 italian film that took the living dead back to their roots so to speak back to voodoo origins the film features a zombie attacking a shark i don't feel the need to say anything more than that what are some of the other names this movie has gone by through the years
2: I mean, in the States it was called Zombie because Night of the Living Dead was called Zombie or Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie, so that was called Zombie 2 in Italy. Right. Even though here it
0: was called Zombie. There you go. I'll take it. That was one of that was one of the answers. Yes. That was definitely Adalia? one of the answers. Question number seven. The nineteen eighty-five film Reanimator was very loosely based on a nineteen twenty-two story by HP Lovecraft titled blank blank reanimator the blanks are the first and last name of the main character in this film and the story fill in the blanks for me please herbert west yes indeed question number eight known as dead alive in the united states The 1992 New Zealand film, Braindead, is called one of the goriest movies of all time. This kiwi zombie infestation was caused by a certain type of hybrid animal from Skull Island. Yes, that Skull Island, as director Peter Jackson references this creature in his 2005 version of King Kong. Multiple choice. That was the best part of King Kong. (laughs) It was, You're 100% right. What type of hybrid beast is the zombie catalyst in this movie? Is it A, a Kowakian monkey lizard? Is it B, a Sumatran tiger monkey? Or is it C, a Sumatran rat monkey?
2: Yeah, uh, me, C. It is C. Yes, it is. That's a movie. I was standing on the seat. Me and Todd were standing on the seat of the theater,
0: screaming when we saw that movie. That's fucking rad. And no one told us to be. No one told us to be quiet because you were the only two people in the theater. So that's probably. No, right. there was four other people.
2: I think. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Question number nine. Speaking of the movie Brain Dead, this actor, comedian, and friend of Peter Jackson wrote. That his 2004 zombie comedy film, Shaun of the Dead, was the result in large part due to the influence in his life of the movie Brain Dead. So let's go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for this all to blow over. Tell me the name of the person who played Shaun in Shaun of the Dead. What's that? pegg Simon Pegg, it is Christian. OK, final question of round one, question number 10. Part three in George Romero's "Dead" series was released in 1985 and details some of what remains of humanity and their efforts to cure the zombie pandemic. In this movie, we meet Bub, a zombie who retains some semblance of his former humanity, listening to music, aiming a pistol and performing military-style salutes. Is Bub the true hero of the film? Uh, maybe. Name this movie for me, please. Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead it is. All right. This round, Art, you have 15 points with three questions, right? Davey, 10 points with two questions right. Christina is in the lead. Four questions right with 20 points. All right, Christina. Let's see if you can hold on to this lead.
1: Battle beware
0: We're going into the round two, the satanic theme movie's questions. All right. Question number one. In 1975, an all-star cast was assembled to tell a tale of satanic cultists in pursuit of a satanic book of great power and some other ritual bullshit. The cast, the cast of this movie is probably the best thing about it. Ernest Borgnine, William Shatner, Eddie Alpert, John Travolta and even Anton LaVey got into the action in a small role in this movie. What's most notable about this movie to me is that a casting they made during the filming of this movie of William Shatner's face went on to be a Captain Kirk mask, then ended up becoming the mask worn by the now infamous Michael Myers of the Halloween franchise. Devilish use of props, eh? Uh, Name the movie for me, please. The Devil's Reign? It is The Devil's Reign. You are correct. Question number two. What satanic movie trivia thing would be complete without mentioning The Exorcist? The Exorcist was a hugely popular novel in 1971, before becoming a hugely popular movie in 1973. We all know Linda Blair played the role of Reagan McNeil, the floating and puking little girl in the movie, but what was the name of Reagan's co-star, the entity that never gets any credit for such a crucial role in The Exorcist? Oh shit! Was it Nebuchadnezzar? It's not. It was not Nebuchadnezzar. No, the name of the entity in The Exorcist is what we're looking for. They don't name the fucking entity until The Exorcist Two. They until The Exorcist Two. You're correct. This is this is a fucked up question. And Max von Sydow is a
1: motherfucker
0: of the <laughs> <laughs> saw us. had to go through all of
1: Exorcist 2 to even get to that it story. <laughs> it's that pa- so <laughs> cool. Pazuzu. Three way more
0: entertaining. Pazuzu. Yeah. Pazuzu. Pazuzu was the name. Yes, indeed. I knew it was the Z in that shit. All right, question number three. When a Puritan family moves to the woods, trouble is sure to follow. Kind of sounds like the intro to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in some ways. We already know the name of this movie from Christina's Buzzer.
1: What's that? <laughs> yes.
0: yes, would thou like to live deliciously? The Vivitch or the Witch, either name is acceptable. Black Philip is the name of the goat that becomes the devil and says the delicious thing. The question here is, in this movie, what are the remains of babies killed by witches used for?
1: Like to live deliciously. Hold on! If I remember, isn't it they smear it on their skin to preserve themselves? Don't they? Mm. Well, you're on ha- their brood?
0: You're half right. You're <laughs> half right. <They laughs> okay. do, I'm
1: like, oh, damn it!
0: They do smear it on themselves, really? but what is what is the purpose of them doing that? So they can fly. It is so they can fly. Yes, indeed, Davies. That's so they can fly. And
1: I even thought about the broom too. And I just, Mm -hmm. ah.
0: all right. Question number four, speaking of babies, Rosemary's baby was released in 1968 and is considered a classic of psychological horror. With this being said about the film, Rosemary's baby is a frightening tale of Satanism and pregnancy that is even more disturbing than it sounds. Thanks to convincing and committed performances by Mia Farrow and Ruth Gordon. The baby is the focus of the question here. When Rosemary first sees her baby, this is her line. What have you done to him? What have you done to his eyes, you maniacs? To which the character Roman says, blank. What does the character Roman say about Rosemary's baby's eyes? He has his father's eyes. Bingo. He has his father's eyes. That is a Yeah. Answer. And that guy has these fucking crazy like uh <laughs> fucking eyebrows.
2: He's not like, <laughs> he a eyes. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right, question number five: evil children. There may be something to the expression, the devil made me do it, as far as kids are concerned. The kid in question here is pretty bad. 1976's The Omen details the birth and young life of a child who we find out through the course of the movie is the Antichrist. The question, what is the first and last name of this satanic squirt? Damien Thorne. Damien Thorne. Ooh, Davey's on a roll in this one. Davey and I went to the cathedral in England where he the dad tried to kill Little Damien Thorne, too, and the guy no, that took. Daddy, no. <laughs>
1: the... no, daddy! <laughs> no! No, <laughs> yeah, daddy! No! All
0: right, question.
2: <laughs> we got kicked. I got kicked out of that cathedral.
0: You did on a different trip or yeah, something? Yeah,
2: they would like. I just, I was like, hey, I just want to have a look around. And oh, they like, they're like oh, no.
0: Question number six: Johnny Depp doesn't always play drunken pirates or the lead role in Tim Burton movies. Depp had a run-in with Lucifer the Lightbringer in this 1999 movie that was mostly about a book. A special book that could summon Satan and grant you immortality and invincibility. Tell me the name of the supernatural thriller Uh of a movie.
1: What's the <laughs> the ninth something? Ninth? Oh, yeah. You're close.
0: <laughs> the ninth on. configuration. Nope, not the ninth uh, configuration. No. Nope. The ninth gate. It. It's the ninth
1: gate. Fucking shit. You're <laughs> correct. It, isn't it,
0: isn't it? <laughs> it is, yes. It is. We fucked up. Question number seven. This next movie in question supposedly has a plot, I think. One thing about this movie, I can't give away one of the key facts about this movie, or it will completely give away this question. This movie has teenage girls who are eventually forced to ride in a car with their school's janitor, whose name is Billy. Billy tries to attack one of the girls. Satan intervenes through a statue. Lily Munster, or I mean, uh, Yvonne DiCarlo gets involved along with her sheriff husband, the name of this sheriff, by the way, is Sheriff B.L. Bubb, Sheriff B.L. Bub. Eventually, the young girls do prevail over the forces of darkness. That's all I can give you without completely giving this one away. What is the name of this movie? Is it Satan's Cheerleaders? It is Satan's Cheerleaders. Yes, indeed. Cheerleaders. Yes, indeed. I had no
2: idea. <laughs> I thought it was
0: student bodies for a while, and then you said you'd want to call them. Question number eight. Hammer film productions were no stranger to satanic themes, with movies like Taste the Blood of Dracula and The Satanic Rites of Dracula featuring satanic imagery. The movie in question here was definitely more directly devilish. The Devil Rides Out is the name of this movie, and the question is, what makes Christopher Lee's role in this movie different than in his roles in other Hammer Horror films? This is multiple choice. Is it A, Christopher Lee plays Satan in this movie? Is it B, Christopher Lee plays the part of the hero instead of the villain? Or is it C, Christopher Lee has no speaking lines in this movie? I think it's B. You are correct. Christopher Lee plays the hero, a departure of his norm. The name of that good guy was the Duke de Richelieu. Question number nine. This 1990 comedy is essentially a parody of The Exorcist. Leslie Nielsen portrays a priest who performs an exorcism <laughs> on Linda Blair's character. This initial exorcism is temporary, however. And on being possessed once again, Nancy, or Linda Blair's character, becomes the subject of a second exorcism, which is to be televised on Ernest and Fanny's exorcism tonight. Father May I, Leslie Nielsen's character, takes part in a rematch exorcism versus a devil with a guitar playing Pope being part of the fun. Name this movie for me, please. Repossessed. 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 It is. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ooh, are? That movie came out when I was young and if it was if I thought it was dumb at that age, it's probably dumb. Question number 10, the final question of round 2 is all about the Hellraiser franchise. Ugh.
1: Ugh.
2: I
0: can't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, another don't really another oi infested film series.
2: I'm
1: so surprised that everybody's reacting the same way I am. I don't I like it. I, like I don't like it.
0: There's a gateway to hell in this franchise in the form of a Rubik's Cube knockoff called a Puzzle Box. Don't fuck with the Puzzle Box because if you do, a formerly human pinhead cenobite is going to get you with chains and meat hooks and pain. Oh my. Here's the question. What is this puzzle box also known as? The puzzle box was also known as the Lament configuration or the Le Marchand configuration. Yes. Those two things, all right,
2: turned into a dumb flying diamond, right? (laughs) Wasn't it like a flying diamond above a maze for like 20 minutes? I don't know,
0: I've only seen the first three, garbage.
2: Man, I tried the
0: three, good movie. The rest of
2: them, garbage, but it's only good because there's just being made, there's a cenotaph made of bodies in the middle of a fucking apartment.
0: Rage and Records of lovely Fresno, California, has the finest selection of records. Punk, metal, hip-hop, rock, indie, and more. These records are in stock now and ready for your listening pleasure. The record selection at Rage and Records is truly incredible, with a huge selection of both new and used vinyl. But records aren't all you'll find at Rage and Records. You can also find a large selection of reaction figures in stock. With Misfits, Venom, King Diamond, Ghost, Motorhead, and more available and ready for display in your nerd-like display case. The best vinyl in town? A super cool selection of reaction figures. You truly can't go wrong by visiting Rage and Records. You're guaranteed to find something you love. You can call Rage and Records at 559-369-7234. Visit Rage and Records at their Facebook or Instagram pages... Or stop by and check it out. The address is 1118 North Fulton in Fresno, California. Raging Records is open every day from noon to 7 p.m. Except Sunday, the Sunday hours are noon to 5 p.m. Raging Records. Everything is amazing.
1: When you shop at Rage.
0: three, the final round. This one is about hammer horror. Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing were both known for their roles in hammer horror films. And it can be said they both owe their fame to those roles in those films. The question is who was in more hammer films, Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing? This is multiple choice. Is it a Christopher Lee was in more hammer films B Peter Cushing was in more Hammer films. Or C, they were both in the same number of films.
2: This is rough for me because I'm guessing that Christopher Lee, because he also played Jack, uh, the Wolfman and Frankenstein in movies, when David Prowse wasn't playing the Frankenstein. Right. But Hammer went on beyond the movies. And since Christopher Lee was alive and Peter Cushing was dead, I'm going to guess Christopher Lee was, is the
0: answer. That Christopher Lee was in more movies? Because
2: because they did more than horror films after, right.
0: after that. Right. They did all kinds of stuff. I'm sorry. That is actually wrong. What's thou like to live deliciously? See, see. Yeah, I said see. You got it. Okay. You got it. They were in. They were both in 22 Hammer films each. And I cross checked and verified. Cause I thought like Davey, I go, fuck. No Cushing died. Christopher Lee has been in movies since what? Like 19 19- like fucking 30 uh, something. Like, yeah. I mean, he's been in movies forever. No. And they were, bo- they were both in 22. So, all right. Well, I tallied it up. Davey is the winner with 50 points. Art. You came in second with 45 points. Christina, you came in with 40 points. That was the closest trivia thing I have ever ever done. So that was that's really, really tired. that was oh, really God. good. I thought I thought Christina. We were had all it. within five points. You all with it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Christina forty. Well, as a Marxist, you 45. I say we're all winners. I just said, <laughs> as a Marxist, you, I say you you we are all winners. You are all winners. You are all winners. That's, all, that's even, tell, man. That's, that's even, even, Steven. I will not accept
2: this win. Quote Milo exactly. Ackerman, I am not a loser. And well, to quote, you um, what's their name from Amel and the Snippers, I'm not a loser. <laughs> to, to, to quote the, um, the battles of Mountain Dew I would get when they have contests, you are not a winner. <laughs> you are not a winner.
0: <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to Davey for being the grand prize winner. And thank you to Raging Records for providing the prize. Thank you all for playing the I Want to Party with Bob Horror Movie Trivia Challenge. I truly appreciate it. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Bob.
0: Thanks, Bob. See you all. That was fun. Congratulations to the winner of the I Want to Party with Bob Horror Movie Trivia Challenge, Mr. Davey Quinn. Great job. Great job. Great job, Davey. Yes, very, very good. What a mind. What an encyclopedia of useless knowledge. Mr. Davey Quinn has actually, it's pretty cool. (laughs) I'm talking shit, but I'm only talking shit because I'm jealous because that dude knows so much about horror. It's insane. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. That was fun. I'm a huge, huge fan of horror movies, horror books, you name it. If it's scary in movie or book form, at least I'm into it. A huge thanks to Davy, Art and Christina for taking part in the trivia challenge. That was a close one. I don't think I've ever done a trivia episode where the scores were so close. They were all within five points of each other. Yeah, that was tight. That was a very tight contest. Very tight. This bunch knows their horror and it shows. A huge thanks to this episode's sponsors, Sticker Junkie and Raging Records, Super Rad of Raging, to provide the prize Venom black metal action figure to the winner. Davey, you are one goat headed action figure richer right now congratulations one more time. A massive digging its way out of the grave. Thank you to the bands that gave me permission to play all those rad songs on this episode. 45 Grave, Teenage Werewolves, TSOL, and Bridge City Sinners. You are all my favorite bands, and I do love you all. I'm gonna say that thing right now that I've said before. If I could go back in time and tell 13, 14-year-old me that I'd be talking to TSOL and 45 Grave and playing their songs, and something I was doing, I would freak the fuck out. Here I am freaking the fuck out. God, I am so happy about the songs in this episode. I really am. I'm, uh, what's the expression? I'm on cloud nine, you could say, over the songs in this episode. Thanks again to all the bands. Teenage Werewolves, check them out. The song on this episode by Teenage Werewolves is fucking great. Besides that, They're a really busy band, and they fucking rule. They're so good. They have shows booked in the UK in December of 2020, kind of touring and COVID permitted, so it may not happen. Hopefully, things clear up by then, and it's safe enough for them to do that. There are two versions of Teenage Werewolves. There's a UK version and a US version. Jack, the singer of Teenage Werewolves, sent me probably the best email I've ever gotten from anybody. I asked him for a song. He replied back. He went through and listened to my Morrissey episodes. So in this email, he included some reviews of cramp shows in the UK that were written by Morrissey in 1980. That's pre-Smith's, and it's Jack put it in the email when Morrissey was still going by Stephen. So that was a long time ago. That's crazy. Please do check out Teenage Werewolves. Go on YouTube, watch some live videos. They're on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can go to their website, which the address is www.jackatlantis.com forward slash teenage dash werewolves. Hopefully there'll be some live shows in the future for teenage werewolves. Last but not least, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode, the songs, the trivia, all that stuff. I had an absolute blast doing this one as I always do. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts, if you don't mind. Here are the Bridge City Sinners with the song, Satan's Song.
1: The devil lives in me, and the devil, he lives in you, and he'll take your soul, just as soon as your life is through, and you can you can scream! You can fight all night, oh, but Satan's grip is much too tight. Oh, yes, Satan's grip is much too tight.